Today, we'll be talking about someone Solomon seemed to know a lot about. We'll also be discussing how we can stay on the right track. My name is Logan Bruce. And I'm Zach Griffin. Thank you for joining us for Bearing Up. Today, we are brought to you by uh, the Ministry League Network. So go ahead and go check them out. We've talked a little bit about them. And uh, you can check them out on their website or their app. Also, please don't forget to share this video. Uh, like, follow, subscribe to us. Um, and we want to make sure that you check out also our Teespring shop where you can get lots of Bearing Up products. Um, you can also find some other things there that we're sort of getting into. Um, so please be sure to check that out. So Zach, it's been almost a week, man, since we've done this. How have you been? I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, it's, it's been a good week. Uh, I think I may take a day off tomorrow, go fishing. Um, you know, it's, it's been good. It's been good. What I want to do today, Zach, is I want to talk about our own personal social medias because, you know, maybe a lot of people follow us on the bearing up social media, but Zach and I have some pretty fire social medias personally as well. Um, Zach's son, Graham, is all over his. Uh, I don't know if you're as big into Instagram as I am, Zach. but no. uh, I'm not really a social media person so much. I, I, I share pictures of Graham and videos of Graham, mostly for family. Right. Uh, I, I'm one of those shadow social media people. So like I, I can see what you're posting, but I don't really post and... So you really, you really don't want to follow me. Oh, that's not what we want. <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, one of the things, though, is if I don't recognize you, I'm one of those. Like, I have to go on your profile and, and figure out who you are first. And if, well, if I don't have any mutual friends, then you're likely to get deleted. So I'm the opposite. <laughs> if I can tell you're an actual human and not somebody pretending, A, pretending to be somebody else or a robot, I'll accept your friend request or accept your follow. Um, Zach posts about his son. I like to post about my daughter, and uh, she does this thing every week where we project the football. Uh, That's in, the cool, NFL, right? the NFL uh, <laughs> winners of each week. So she does about we do every game, but I only put a few on there. So uh, she's she's really funny with that. We like to do that, but but yeah, we uh, uh, just to check us out. I guess I wanted to promote our own personal social medias because you can stay in touch with us even better that way. Sometimes. Um, but anyway, moving on from that, Zach, what kind of recommendation you got today, man? Uh, well, we are we're going to be diving into the Proverbs later, and so I wanted to discuss a book that's written by a good friend um, and a fellow preacher. He's actually his son's about my age, uh, so uh, I think I think he's an elder in the church too. In addition to being a preacher, uh, I could be wrong about that. Uh, we both have preached at the same congregation before too. Uh, which is kind of neat. That is um, cool. But his name is uh, Warren Baldwin, and I love the cover of this. Uh, it's called Charging Grizzlies, Rude Neighbors, and Other Gems from the Book of Proverbs. Uh, and I love this book. Uh, it's I've got a signed copy, so if you order there one, you go. you're not going to have a signed copy, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. But it's pretty neat. He, um, he organized this. He organizes this in kind of a topical way. But he pulls out these nuggets that are in the book of Proverbs uh, and kind of delves into them a little bit. Um, one of the verses that actually, I guess the 
the title of this book comes from, The Charging Grizzlies. Uh, I believe it's uh, Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 2, or, yeah, it's Proverbs 17, 12. Better for a person to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool in his foolishness. Um, so <laughs> that's that's where that charging grizzlies comes from. But he actually goes into that verse and explains and talks about it. And, and it's just a great book to kind of, if, I believe Proverbs is a great book to study. But oftentimes, if you don't have any guidance there, it just kind of seems like a whole bunch of unrelated things just kind of stacked on top of each other. Uh, and so this offers a kind of a methodical way uh, of looking at the book of Proverbs. So check it out. It's called uh, Charging, Ri Charging Grizzlies, Rude Neighbors, and More Gems from Proverbs. Warren Baldwin. Very nice. Thank you, Zach. I kind of, uh, I think I've heard of that book, but I've never read it. And I definitely did not know. I definitely don't know the author. But uh, that's pretty cool. I My recommendation today is not a specific book. It's more a style. Um, and it's a parallel Bible. And I think that it is the best thing that you could possibly have. Now, this one is King James, NIV, NLT, and New American Standard. Um, you can get them different, with different translations. But the reason I wanted to bring this up today is because I think that one sometimes we get married to one translation. And the only translation we should be married to is the Greek one. And so, um, you know, I, I think that sometimes we we are so dedicated to one and you might know this person who's a King James or only and, uh, or a, uh, whatever, <laughs> but, uh, you know, everybody, every translation has their dedicated followers. Um, but I think when you have more translations, you get a better picture. The analogy I've used with youth before is I've had one person go stand in the middle and everybody circles around them and about four or five people have to describe the person standing in the middle from their angle. And they can do it, but they're missing half, sometimes more than half, of the image of that person. And that's what we get with those translations. We circle, they, they each give a different picture. And so to complete get, get the full picture, God gave us all these different translations. And we need to be using most, if not all of them, to get really a full picture of what he's trying to tell us in that passage. And uh, so that's that's my recommendation is don't get married to a, a one translation of the Bible. <laughs> the Bible apps make it easy. You can also get them in books. So uh, so, so this is more of a PSA, public <laughs> yeah. service announcement. Than, uh, we can do than the, mo the more you know little star go across yeah. the front oh. there. Yeah, I'll try go. to see if I can find it. Okay, that. perfect, please. <laughs> but yeah, and I agree with you totally. And that's something that I try to teach too. Um, and when we have Bible classes, I always make sure that somebody else reads verses. Right. So you can kind of get those. We did one. We actually, this week, this past week, we had, um, we were talking about Jairus and the synagogue ruler whose daughter was sick. Mm -hmm. And uh, this translation that this woman was reading from, it said she was a damsel. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> Interesting. I, okay. <laughs> But, um, yeah, the ESV was saying, like, little girl, and, and damsel kind of throws, throws a different thing about it. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah. yeah it's, uh, if, if you don't have any knowledge of, of um, you know, those ancient biblical languages, that's almost, I feel like, a necessity. You, because there, you are bound to get to a passage that you really don't, it kind of seems fuzzy as to what the meaning is. But if you've got several different translations around and you're looking at several of them, you can kind of start making sense of, of what's trying to be put across. Absolutely. So, yeah, I and appreciate that's, that. You no, know, that's, and that's one thing I do too is I would, 
I would have people read and I would try to get as many translations and I'd say, all right, who did, who, who did not have that translation and you're the going to read next. <laughs> yeah, and go. so that's a, but yeah, I, I don't know that. Yeah. PSA is a good way to put that. So. <laughs> but today we're going to kind of dive in a little bit into Zach's kind of alluded to the Proverbs, but I want to talk about one specific individual and maybe that's even being a little too narrow with it because uh, sometimes it is an actual individual with a capital letter to begin the word uh, but so, but a lot of times it's not and it's the person that Solomon refers to as foolish or a fool or the fool um, and he comes this Solomon uses this over and over again as a matter of fact even in Proverbs chapter 9 it's literally titled wisdom versus foolishness and the entire Proverbs chapter 9 is dedicated to that uh, the first pre, uh, proverb Proverbs 10 is really where you get to start those one-liners and Proverbs 10, the first one, talks about being foolish. And so there's this narrative, and there's these, there's a lot of themes in Proverbs, but this is a big one, is wisdom versus foolishness. And so I want to kind of dive into some of these, um, but before we really get going, I want, to, I want to see if Zach has anything to say about any of that. Sure, yeah. And, and I think that when we look at this, we need to consider it as part of the wisdom literature, I feel like. You know, you've got Solomon's, you know, his books... You know, and, and there are actually more people uh, than Solomon that contribute to the book of Proverbs. Right. Uh, I think sometimes we forget that. Uh, but I it's definitely. part of the Yeah, so it's, it's part of the wisdom literature. And that being the case, it's kind of trying to lay out for us, specifically the book of Proverbs, is these are principles upon which wisdom rests. Um, you know, you've got Ecclesiastes that says, well, it doesn't always turn out that way, but... Um, Proverbs is kind of like, these are the general rules to live by. And generally speaking, when you do this, you're going to have a good life. You're going to be, um, you're going to be in good standing with God. Uh, you're going to live long. Uh, your, your family is going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. And so it's so important for us to study this. And I think that's why um, that fool keeps getting brought up and brought up throughout this book is to put that dynamic there. Mm -hmm. um, I would look at a lot of Proverbs as, you know, biblical poetry. We might think of the Psalms as biblical poetry, but Proverbs kind of follows the same kind of um, organization. You have these couplets, you know, the, the wise does this, but the fool does this. You know, and you have this over and over again. And so that's another way that we can look at this, too. Um, I think that just kind of in the context of this, those are perhaps some things we should consider. Oh, absolutely. I, that's important to, um, to note because that's, you know, that you have to read it in context. Um, I think of all the books that are easy to take out of context, Proverbs 10 through the end of the book is the easiest because mm -hmm. I can pick these one-liners out. And while that is, is good and there's nothing wrong with that per se, uh, there is still a bigger narrative you have to be aware of um, because there's a bigger story. And it's not, it's not about being able to pick those out and prove your point to somebody, but rather there's a bigger narrative going on here. And that's, that's with the whole Bible. It's really started for me this past week, Zach, and I was trying to figure out what we were going to talk about. And I hit Proverbs 19. And in Proverbs 19... Um, it mentions a fool a couple different times. And so as I was reading it, it was just kind of interesting. You know, I was there in verse 13 and 15. 
and uh, 14 is in the middle there. But Proverbs 19, verse 13 reads as this. A foolish son is his father's ruin, and a wife's nagging is an endless dripping. That's kind of interesting, but I'll continue. We're not done with this. Uh, Verse 14, because we can't leave it out. A house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Verse 15, laziness includes deep sleep, and a lazy person will go hungry. And I bring in the lazy because Solomon throughout the book also combines laziness and foolishness a lot of times. So, and that's what really got me. I was like, you know what? That's what we need to talk about is what, what is, what does it look like when you're foolish and why does Solomon constantly condemn it? Um, it, I mean, it's because of the nature of what it is, you know, a foolish son is his father's ruin. Um, you know, whether we like it or not, how the children turn out is a reflection on the parents, right? Um, and so when we look at that, that's, that makes sense. If, if you've got a, a child who's not acting with their brain, to be quite, <laughs> to be quite frank, uh, you know, it's, well, why, why is this on the parent? Why is, why, uh, excuse me, why did the parents not teach him better? Um, and so there's a lot of that in scripture as well, that it's a, ref- that's not the only time it, there's a reflection on the parents from being a fool. But then we get down to that lazy aspect. Um, that a lot of times foolishness and laziness are combined in Proverbs. But I also want to think about, and this whole episode, I want really, as you're listening to us, to consider as a self-reflective issue. We're not, we're not using this and we're not picking up Proverbs and saying, look, you're a fool, you're a fool, and beating people over the heads with our Bibles. We're saying, am, how can I see myself in this? Is there, is there any sliver of me in what Solomon is saying here? Yeah, and and so the thing about it is that um, every time, every time we go to Scripture, I think we need to look reflectively. Right. The the Bible is described as a mirror um, for a reason, you know, but that being said, you know, James talks about, you know, he's like one that looks in the mirror and then he forgets what he looks like. This is a kind of mirror that we look at and we look at intently. Mm-hmm. And we and we look at it and we we meditate and we realize the things that we ought to change and realize the parts of us that do not look Christ-like uh, and we allow the Word to in its transformative power make us into more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a slight to anyone when right. we talk about the foolish things that are here. It's things that every one of us need to look at and, and realize. There is a path of righteousness. There's a path of wisdom. You know, Ephesians chapter 4 talks about walking in wisdom. You know, if, if you were to, I think it's Ephesians 4. It might be Ephesians 5. But to walk in wisdom, that's something that Christians are to do. So we must understand what is, is foolish. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we come to the Bible, we look reflectively, we take note of these things, and if we see those discrepancies between ourselves and the Word, we make those changes. Yep. Um, it takes humility. It, it takes intentfulness. Because um, I think oftentimes we end up being the person with the log in our eye and we're pointing around to everybody else, you know, you got your speck, you're, you're a bad person. Um, so we just have to be open. We have to be open to this. Right, and I, I think that the, what you said is that that's the whole Bible, you know, and we could go, we could talk about that for probably three or four episodes, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it, 
that there's there's so much about this that we miss because we miss we forget to look at ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm so guilty that it's not even funny, but and it's but this and this is a very difficult conversation because the second that I start saying these people are doing it, then I'm I'm immediately <laughs> a hypocrite. So all and that's why this is falls squarely into the encouragement category that I need to be encouraging people to continue to be looking at themselves, to continue to be constantly saying, am I, and I know I'm shaking the camera by pounding on my Bible, but am I, am I doing what Christ would have me to do? Am I being that, am I walking that path? Um, Because the second that I start saying, are they walking that path? Mm. Or is, is he walking that path? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go off into the woods. And when I'm driving, I don't say, all right, is that person on their phone? I mean, I do, and I see that, and I'm like, get off your phone, and I scream at them, but they can't hear me. But uh, but as soon as I start to say, are they driving straight? I'm going to start veering off into the ditch. So we've got to make sure we're driving straight and as an individual, and then we can begin to help others. Yeah. Last thing I want to say before we dive in, into the full of Proverbs yes. is, um, you know, I, I spoke on staying on the right track uh, this past Sunday. And Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. That's everything you need to know right there on how to stay on the right track. There are three things. You lay off the weights. The sin, other weights, you lay them off. You race with endurance. And number three is, is, is in verses 2 and 3. You look to Jesus that's where your eyes are set. It's not looking around at what other people are doing. You're going to get off track if you do that. If we're going to stay on track in our faith, if we're going to increase, we look to Jesus. By extension, the Word. You know, he is the Word. Uh, and so the book of Proverbs, inspired by the Spirit of God, this is the Word of God. When we talk about the fool here, we're not looking around again at other people. We're looking to Jesus. We're, we're, we're trying to become more like him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the kind of place I want to start is Proverbs 10. Uh, and Zach, I know if you have other verses, you know, feel free. Let's jump around to them. But I'm going to start in Proverbs 10. Um, you know, this is, I kind of told you about Proverbs 19 where I started. But then as I began to look, um, you know, you start to start at the beginning where he starts doing these one-liners. And I, like I said, we could read the whole chapter 9. Because it's literally, you know, wisdom versus foolishness, and he this this chapter he refers to wisdom as a, as this woman, and uh, you know foolishness as a rowdy woman, um, there in verse, uh, what was that, thirteen? Um, but but I kind of want to jump into this area where it's not a person. Foolishness is not a person; it's more of a category, and so I, I think that that's prevalent right here in, in chapter ten, verse eight. Um, where, uh, let's see, I want to read eight, eight, nine, and 10 to start. And we'll kind of, kind of go from there. Uh, a wise heart accepts commands, but foolish lips will be destroyed. And I kind of, I'm going to stop there because that's kind of interesting. And there's a few of these I'm going to key on. This is one, uh, a wise heart accepts commands. Um, if I could instill that in my three-year-old, then we would be golden. <laughs> um, but a foolish, but foolish, excuse me, but foolish lips will be destroyed. Um, 
there's just so many different approaches to this, you know. Um, if wise heart accepts commands, um, you know that. Are we talking about? Well, you just bow down to the king of the land, or bow down to the president, you know. I mean, or are we talking about, you know, any spectrum? You know, how does that fall in there? And then foolish lips will be destroyed. I think uh, that we have to really look at what foolish means, because uh, I think that a lot of times you could classify what people say as foolish based on simple lack of information. And there's a lot of times, and I'm not talking about any one area of life. I'm talking about anything, sports, politics, religion. You can be foolish in any category um, because of just a simple lack of information. Yeah, and the the foolish words that come out of your mouth. <laughs> I feel oftentimes that's because, and going back to the parallels, you know, the parallel translations, the ESV says the wise in heart will receive commandments. Mm-hmm. That makes me think these are coming from God. Yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, the theme as well in the book of Proverbs of this is Solomon talking to his son. You know, you listen to what I'm saying, you know, as your father, as your parental figure looking to protect you and to guide you and, 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 and all of that. Correct. Um, the babbling fool <laughs> is is one that is just not thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, one that. Uh, and what did your translation say? I don't think yours said babbling. Foolish lips will be destroyed. Foolish lips. So, like, if you think about foolish lips, there, I'm thinking about somebody who runs their mouth. <laughs> you know, and they think before they say, and right. and you know that can be, it can be damning for us in. The mm-hmm. sense of our standing with others, right, and in the community and in the church, um, we end up regretting some of the things that we say, mm-hmm. especially in anger. You know, when we say things in anger, I mean, it's it's spot on. I feel like, and whatever angle you look at this, ruin, dis- destruction. Mm-hmm. That's what comes from. Having those loose lips, like James says, it's like right. a rudder, you know, mm-hmm. of a ship, and it's able to guide the whole body. Your tongue is. And well, just... yeah, and it's it reminds me of the saying, uh, "A closed mouth gathers no foot." You know, you can't <laughs> you can't you can't stick your foot in your mouth. You can't uh, be wrong if you don't say anything, right? That's awesome. I've never heard that. That's, You've never heard a, that one. I'm gonna use that though. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought that was like, a southernism. A closed mouth. Receives yep. no foot. <laughs> yeah, closed. Yeah, that's great. So that's a. I, I I can't believe you never heard that one. That's a good one. But yeah, that's that's what it makes me think of. It's like hey, you can't overstep your bounds if you're quiet. And I know there's people, especially uh, people who love me a lot, who are like, if Logan would listen to what he's saying right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, that's something that's you know we have to be cautious about because you know speaking out of turn. And I'm not like, oh, well, you spoke out of turn. But you know, when you're when you're speaking in a in an area you don't know much about, um, I'm someone who I did this a little bit in college, but a lot in high school. I talked to sound because I thought it made me sound smart. It mm. does the opposite, and, and Solomon says yeah. that not just here, but a few times. Uh, when you talk just to talk, you're gonna you're gonna make yourself sound like a fool, and it's exactly mm. what he says here. Yeah, and I think that's reflected very well in, in our own lives. You know, it seems like the, the wise people, the, the older, wiser, you know, saints, they're kind of mm-hmm. quiet. 
and for good reason. <laughs> right. I always, I always liked the uh, uh, te- Teddy Roosevelt said, "Speak softly and carry a big stick." There you go. <laughs> I always wanted to be that person, but I'm just not. <laughs> I try so hard. But I want to skip down now to, um, let's see, and and verse 10 says the same thing. Um, You know, a sly wink of the eye causes grief, and then he says again, and foolish lips will be destroyed. He repeats that saying in verse 10. I don't know if yours is exactly repeating, but, you know, that same idea that talk carefully is the idea here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then I want to jump down to verse 14 in in the same chapter. In verse 14 of chapter 10, the wise store up knowledge. Now, that seems pretty straightforward. Um, Solomon, one of the wisest men ever. Um, and this is pretty much, you know, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. They were that knowledge. He stored up knowledge. Um, so that's pretty straightforward and I think easy to com- to comprehend. And something about that, the there's a value to knowledge, right. you know, with, with that sense. I think about how Paul said... In the Philippian letter, I I count everything mm-hmm. as as rubbish as garbage for the sake of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right. So there's value behind that. That's mm-hmm. he's storing it up because there's value. Absolutely. So. Well, and that, that's I mean that's exactly what it is, and it reminds me of the parable of um, wow I'm going to blank on the actual parable name. <laughs> the parable the of treasure the, the farmer. Or, the guy who stored up all this, he had to make, build, build bigger barns. Um, and I know the parable. I just don't know the name of the parable. But it doesn't matter because that's not part of the Bible. Jesus never called it anything. It's a man-made thing. So that's why it doesn't matter. But uh, he built up these bigger barns to store all his stuff. But he didn't have any. He didn't store up treasure in heaven. Uh, it reminds me of that. Um, but then the, continuing in verse 14, he says, But the mouth of the fool hastens destruction. And again, we're going back to the mouth of the fool. Um, but I think that that is um, is a lot of times where you are shown to be a fool or not, right? You're shown, you show who you are when you talk. Um, what goes into your eyes, what goes into your ears, goes into your heart, comes out your mouth. So as a, if you're somebody who's not, who understands, first of all, if you're somebody who understands you don't know much about a topic, then you will keep your mouth shut. But that's what Solomon is saying, is a fool is going to jump out and say, I do know exactly about all this and blah, 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 but you, in, in reality, you don't know anything. Um, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, that, you're spot on. Uh, yeah, I, I know what to do about that. I know mm-hmm. what to say about that. Right. And not have any clue what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think about, um, you know, Jesus talking about out of out of the mouth, the heart speaks. I'm trying to remember where that is, but. Uh, or some, something along those lines, you know. Right, there's there's that concept that you know what is in the heart, your 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 mouth, just sometimes it just vomits out, just comes mm-hmm. out. Right. Uh, and and maybe that's a different topic here, but there 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 has to be some control over that mouth. <laughs> yeah. In some regard. Uh, and, and and we could, I mean, and this is not really where my mind went when we were talking about this, but it's where we're going here and I'm fine with that. But it, it, you get into this idea of what gossip, you know, we gossiping. Um, and, and so many, um, maybe be careful with this. A lot of sin has to do with your mouth. 
It has to do with what am I saying about others? How am I building? How am I am I building somebody up or am I tearing them down? Um, and obviously not all, because there's a lot of sin that's fleshly. But there's a lot that you can do or not do with your mouth that is a sin or not or or not a sin. Um, verse eighteen. If you keep if we keep reading in Proverbs ten, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips, um, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. So, you, you know, somebody who's intentionally spreading, maybe even not intentionally, spreading slander, you know, bad-mouthing somebody. Uh, Solomon calls him a fool. You know, this is not somebody who's smart because, you know, I, I think personally why I read that is if I'm somebody who's spreading slander right now, how do I know that the other people aren't going to be spreading slander about me the next day? Mm, yeah. um, it, it's kind of how I see that. So you want to be somebody who's positive because how, what will people say about you? You right? You don't. Yeah. You, you don't. Solomon's idea here is don't give somebody something negative to say about you. Right, and you know, oftentimes, I guess there's so many different ways that you can look at gossip. You know, if you heard it from somewhere else, some other third party, mm-hmm. you don't even know if that's true, and then Correct. you go on and you may be ruining somebody's life. Correct. Because of something that you were telling about somebody else. Um, I had someone ask me about, um, they were talking to me about a personal situation with somebody else. Um, and, and there's been difficulty there. And they were saying, well, am I gossiping about this? You know, this individual was talking about a problem with an individual that they're trying, they've been working with them and trying to resolve some issues and stuff. And, you know, they were coming to their preacher to kind of get some encouragement. Uh, I I feel like that's different. You know, there is definitely a, an intention behind gossip. Yeah. Um, And I think that that is, I mean, it's, it's reflected in the words that are coming out of your mouth. Why are you, why are you saying this? You know, is it is it so that you can find some solution to some issue? Uh, are you seeking help, or are you right. just spreading information as a talking point? Mm-hmm. You know, so that you have a conversation with somebody. And I mean, that's it's not right. And mm-hmm. I think it, the fool, the foolish person, does not understand. They lack the wisdom that says this could be damaging to my own standing with others it, it could be damaging to my reputation but it also it can be damaging to those that are involved when i have wrong information or right. incomplete information you know I, I feel like any third party with almost any situation is not going to understand the first person point of view of those who are involved i mean it's never Absolutely. going to happen no um so there's kind of a flip side to this too, though, and it's what is the beginning of the verse. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips. And so it's not necessarily a fool, but Solomon is saying, you know, I, if you keeping hatred in, and you know, maybe you're not spreading it, spreading slander, but you're holding in hatred in your heart. And then he says, you have lying lips, you're fake, is what Solomon is saying. If you are concealing hatred for somebody... And not telling them or not, you know, being honest with yourself, you're a liar, you're a fake. And that's not, 
maybe sometimes there's a place to like be cordial, <laughs> but that does not mean that mm-hmm. you can't, you let that hatred eat your heart. And I think that that's what Solomon's alluding to here is when you bottle up hatred, it eats at you. Um, and that I, some people do that quicker than others. I'm not a person who bottles up hatred. I don't remember the last time somebody wronged me. Like I, I forget it. I let it go. And I'm not bragging about that. I wish I wasn't like that sometimes. <laughs> but uh, some people oh, hold on. <laughs> some people hold on to it for years and years and years. And there's a middle ground there. Um, and so I think that Solomon is trying to make sure that you, there's two. He's there's two sides to this, and they're not. They're both bad if, if you do it wrong. I've got one more verse here in Proverbs 10 before uh, I, I'm going to see if Zach's got any he wants to hit through Proverbs. <laughs> but Proverbs 10:21. Uh, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Um, you know, man, what, <laughs> I don't even know how to begin with this one. Um, the lips of the righteous feed many. You know, I feel like that's pretty straightforward. It's interesting. This is something I've, I've, I've preached about within the last two years. Um, that when you look at Proverbs, especially Proverbs 10 here, he spends the whole time comp- contrasting four different people. Righteous and wicked, and foolish and wise. And then towards the end, he brings it together, and he says, the righteous are wise, and the wicked are foolish. And so that's kind of interesting as you read through this passage, as you, and, and that's why you have to have the context. When you read this whole chapter in context, you see that. You see that these aren't just like one at a time. That he's bringing slowly bringing these two together as righteous righteous and wise on one side and foolish and wicked on the other. So here we get a little snippet of that. And if you're reading it just one at a time, you're almost like, oh, he messed up. He meant to say uh, the lips of the wise feed many. But I don't think that's where he's going with this. He's starting to mold these two together. That when you're wise you are righteous because that's what wisdom brings is righteousness. Um, and wickedness brings about foolishness. So the lips of the righteous feed many, but the fools die for lack of sense. Would you mind reading that, Zach, in your translation? Verse 21. So Proverbs ten twenty one: The lips yeah. of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Oh, wow. And that's <laughs> a rare version or a... Uh, a, that's a rare example of two translations matching pretty closely, which to me shows that that's probably almost, that's pretty close <laughs> to what we would say in English. Pretty cut and dry. Yeah. 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 So, but the lips of the righteous feed many, you know, you're going to, that, that's going to be something you take in. You think about somebody in your life who is, um, who's always feeding people spiritually speaking, you know, I, there, I would consider that person righteous. Sometimes, you know, it can be, fake food um there's just because that you know everybody's human just because Mm -hmm. they have a following does not necessarily mean that what they're saying is right um but i think the second part is 100 percent true fools die for lack of sense you know we we uh i I mean i don't even know how to say that you know what what else can you say there's no more commentary needed on that Um, well i think that you know this kind of goes back to what we said about you know the righteous feed many, the righteous have something of value to give. Uh, the righteous, the wise have something that that they have been given, you know, in, in a spiritual context, it's 
wisdom which comes from above, which wisdom which comes from God, you know, which is far more valuable. You know, the foolishness of God is, is greater than the wisdom of man. You know, there's value in the righteous. When it says the fools die for lack of sense, I think about the false teachers are, who are waterless springs. You know, they look like they have something of value, but it's just ruin. It's just death. There's, there's nothing of value there. And I think that that is something we need to take when we're talking about this combination for, with righteousness and wisdom and, and um, wickedness and, and foolishness. There's value. There's value. And I think that every individual, regardless of where they are, whether they believe in God or not, they want to have value in their life. Um, and I think this is kind of a way that we can kind of connect. We all want to have something valuable. We all want to have something that is bigger than ourselves. Um, and so when we, you know, I think Proverbs could potentially uh, be a great uh, way of evangelizing to some because you know these are principles that you can look at and wow that makes a lot of sense <laughs> you know it makes it makes sense to you know uh, and you could just pull out anything yeah, when pride off. comes then comes disgrace um, but with but with the humble is wisdom that's mm-hmm. proverbs chapter 11 verse 2 pride comes before the fall mm-hmm. everybody knows that you know that saying that's scripture and, 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 and so I think that we have to understand there's, there's value here. The fool dies for lack of sense because they don't hold anything of value. They don't have anything uh, to give. No, right. no life comes from this kinds of foolishness. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot. I mean, we could, we could go through the whole thing. And I'm interested to know if you have any more passages that you, you came up with, Zach. Um, but that's exactly right. You know, there's... That's what this is about, and that's why I wanted to. That's what kind of what I wanted to talk about, and I'll have one more to close this out in a second. Um, but you know, where when we look at this, when we pick this up, that's why you can. That's it's so cut and dry that it allows us to be able to say, "Oh man, that you know, <laughs> looking in the mirror here." Yeah. Uh, and so the fear of the Lord prolongs life in verse twenty-seven. This is just a random one, but the years of the wicked are cut short. And that's a thought. That's a thought turner. That's a one that's going to start turning the thoughts in your head. That you know, the fear of the Lord. Literally, Solomon is saying it adds days to your life. Um, and, and so maybe there's there's no, there maybe there's no scientific way to prove that. But Solomon is saying, as a wise man, I've watched it. The people who fear God, they're living longer. And I don't know why, but that's just what it is. And uh, the days of the wicked are cut short. You know, I've got my theory, but. You know, Solomon is saying, I don't got proof other than what I see. Um, and so that's, there's one, and you know, you can just keep pulling them out um, one by one. The, where, how am I, how is this applying to me? And how can I take this wisdom and apply it to myself? And Proverbs is a good place to start, but it's towards the middle of the Bible. And you've got all this over here and all this over here <laughs> that does the exact same thing when you have an open heart and an open mind and you're ready for it. And I think that's just, that's the crazy thing about this book. And it's, it's, the greatest book because of that. And I totally just went off on a big tangent there, but there you go. So no, man, you're good. You know, speaking to the fact that he talks about, you know, you live this way. Those who are wise 
you know, they, they typically live longer. Making a connection to the book of Ecclesiastes, actually, uh, where he talks about, you know, I have seen the wicked prosper, and I have seen the righteous, you know, die in their righteousness early. But then he makes the point that even still, even though that has happened, it's so much better to live in righteousness. It's so much better to live in wisdom. Um, you know, but some things that I want to take um, from this directly is I don't necessarily have some passages I want to look at. I want to okay. look rather at some concepts that are taught um, that have to do with this foolishness. And and I don't think the word fool or foolishness is even used in them, but I think that we can make that connection. Um, let's talk about discipline. You know, mm-hmm. you, the, the, the command or the, the idea that a, a father you know, specifically, uh, you know, parents are to discipline their children. Uh, why are they supposed to do that? <laughs> you know, so that they grow up in the admonition and the teachings of the Lord. Uh, you know, several different places in the book of Proverbs, this is taught, you know, you, uh, you spare the rod. It's not spare the rod, spoil the child. It's spare the rod. And you, I mean, no, it, I'm, I'm trying to think of exactly how it's worded. You know, you beat them with the rod and you deliver their soul from hell. I mean, mm-hmm. that's specifically yeah. stated here. Um, it's foolish to think, well, I don't have to discipline my children. I can just, I'm going to be, I'm going to be their best friend. And I'm, I'm going to take a friendship role or a, or a brother or a sister role to my child uh, rather than take a parental role. Uh, what are the problems with that that you see, Logan, when you when you kind of push out the parental role right. uh, with the discipline and the teaching um, and substitute that with something that is more friendly and more, you know, less controversial and, well, and less conflict and, it's, and all of that? It's funny, though, you said it the way you you did, because my daughter has been on this kick where she's saying, you're my best friend or you're not my best friend. <laughs> and uh, when she's mad at me, I'm not her best friend. And uh, I have not said it yet, but I have thought, well, I'm not trying to be your best friend. <laughs> and um, um, but even in my in my heart, I'm like, no, I want to be your best friend. But like, that's yeah. not that's not what God called me to be. Um, and uh, and so, but it's funny when when she gets in trouble, I am not her best friend, um, and she lets me know that, and I just laugh. But uh, but yeah, that's that's what it is. It's like you know. I'm not, that's not the role God gave me. Um, and it's interesting because when you accept the role of a parent, then when you get to be, when that child gets to be the age, you know, when they're an adult, then you can have a more friendly relationship. It's no longer a parent child relationship like you knew. Um, and it can be a more friendly relationship and more brother, sister or sister, sister, however you want to say it, relationship yeah. as opposed to a, uh, a parent-child. Yeah, I, I think that's true in a sense. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm always going to see Graham as my baby boy. Right. You know, I'm always going to see him that way. But when he is an adult, then I can treat him like an adult. Right. He is not an adult. Correct. <laughs> he, he is a toddler, you know, so I have to treat him. You know, he is my toddler son. So. Mm-hmm. He um he understands now he is he I have a hard time with him listening sometimes, but he knows when I count to three. When I start with one, he he listens at that point. You know, and, and 
So he has to, you know, that's part of that discipline. Right. I have to count to three sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and he knows what happens if I say three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows. Um, so, I mean, but that is teaching him to, one, respect the authority of, you know, that parental figure, you know, right. his father. If he doesn't understand discipline from that, how is he going to understand the discipline of the Lord? I yeah. mean, there's there's so much foolishness and the idea that, well, I can just be a friend to my child and, and I don't really have to discipline them. And maybe, you know, I, I understand and I agree with some parts of, you know, the the uh, distraction, you know, well, let's go do this instead. Right. You know, let's let's get your mind off of this thing that I don't want you doing and go mm-hmm. do this instead. I, I do that with him sometimes. Right. But at the same time, he has to understand, you know, there is an authority. Um, there with that parental figure. Now, there's another thing I want to talk about that has to do with with foolishness. It seems that one of the most foolish people that there are in the book of Proverbs is the kind of man who gives into the seductive charms of the adulteress. You know, this is consistent through the book as well. I mean, the entirety of chapter 5 and chapter (laughs) 7 really talk about this this adulterous woman describes her with this great detail. Her her lips drip with honey. You know, her uh, she seizes you and she kisses you. She has this passion, you know. And it's just like, ooh. I mean, you kind of have that feeling about this woman. She has these intoxicating words. Mm-hmm. But Solomon's very clear. Son, you don't go after that woman. Because you know what's going to happen? She's going to drag your soul to hell. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's he's he's so explicit with yeah. that. Um, there is so much foolishness with that, and in our world today, they don't see that foolishness. You know, it, adultery is kind of seen like as something. Oh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Rather than look at that as that is a wicked sin. That is a mm-hmm. bad thing. It's not just the fact that, you know, they hurt you by doing that. It's that they've done something wrong. Right. In and of that, you know, it's, it, it, there's, there seems to be no remorse or little remorse for the act of that mm-hmm. until you get caught. I mean, and it's just like, this is almost like a norm, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that people just, they, they are not faithful to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and going beyond that, there's, there's all this, you know, premarital sex and fornication of all kinds that, you know, they give in to the intoxicating seductress. You right. know, I've, I've laid out my bed for you and I've done all of this and my husband's not home and, you know, all these mm-hmm. intoxicating words. And it's foolishness. It's mm-hmm. just foolishness. Yeah. Um, maybe you have something to say about that. I, I don't know. I think that that's important, yeah. though, because there there's multi, you know, there's so many different kinds of foolishness. We've talked a lot about the foolishness of our words, you know, which comes out of our heart. Uh, we've talked about, you know, gossip and, and, and other things. But I think that there's so many facets of of just the lack of wisdom. We have to pursue this. We have to pursue wisdom. Right. Um, and, and we can't neglect um, all facets of this. Correct. Well, and that's, that's something that 
is kind of interesting the way you phrase it that way the pursuit of wisdom because uh wisdom wisdom doesn't need you <laughs> um and that that kind of can sound harsh um but it's not the one that's coming after you like the foolishness or those sinful desires are coming after you um when in when you look at what's coming after you is um those things that sinful desires and that foolishness whereas wisdom is like you know what i'm here but you have to want me mm-hmm. um and that's that's exactly the way god is i'm here but you have i want you to want me and that's our relationship with god that's our relationship with wisdom and it's interesting um, that's why solomon was blessed because he said i want wisdom god i don't want these things right off the bat which is crazy to me because then later on after he got all the wisdom is when he pursued all that stuff but you know whatever solomon um <laughs> whatever man <laughs> do you do you but uh he did and he said god i don't i don't want these things you're offering because god was offering him i'll give you anything give you riches give you more power and he said i just want wisdom mm-hmm. um and that is probably one of the top moments of strength that I've that you can find in the Bible, in my opinion, that in that moment Solomon had the strength of will and the strength of his soul to say, "I don't need anything physical. I just need your wisdom." Um, and he didn't. It didn't last because he later on tripped up, and obviously we can read that. Mm-hmm. But but in that moment, he was so strong to to pursue wisdom like that. And you know, we can't. We're not always going to be that person. But that's what we should be striving for. We should be pursuing wisdom like Solomon did in that moment. Um, kind of to wrap up, I'll, I want to leave us with this passage, this verse. is Proverbs 3.35. Um, and it says, it reads as follows, The wise will inherit honor, but he who holds up fools to dishonor. So those who are going to be, uh, you know, the wise will inherit honor. Those are the people that God is going to look at with, with honor, you know, because when you've pursued wisdom, when you've spent your life pursuing wisdom instead of pursuing other things, um, God sees that as an honorable thing. When in reality, at the end of your life, if you've been holding up fools and you've been just allowing yourself to just be thrown around pursuing foolishness and pursuing things that make you feel good, uh, it, it, you receive dishonor. You inherit dishonor. Um, and so that's kind of interesting and just kind of a thought kind of to wrap a nice little bow on this thought, um, on my end. So Zach, I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but that's, that was the verse that kind of just, and it's early in the passage. It's early in, in Proverbs, but I think it puts a nice bow on what Solomon wants to say about wisdom and foolishness. Right. I guess there's one passage that I, you know, I agree. You know, I think that sums it up very well. Another another one is Proverbs 4 and verse 5. Mm-hmm. Get wisdom. Get insight. Yep. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. You know, Solomon, in all of this, he is reflecting not just his own experience, not just the wisdom. Um, well, I guess it is, it is the wisdom which God had given to him. You mm-hmm. know, this is something that has come from the Father. You know, this right. has come from God. Um, I, I think that it's important, too, that we remember the, the premise of this book. Mm-hmm. You know, at the very beginning in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. And then verse 7 says, 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yep. So, you know, it all goes back to where is where's our mind set on? You know, if if our mind is set on God and doing the will of God, then we will increase in wisdom. You know, God says um, the book of James to, you know, if anyone lacks wisdom, where do you go? Where do you go for wisdom? You ask God, you know, and that's that's a prayer that's difficult to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes God gives us wisdom by the, <laughs> the situations that he, he, yep. he puts into our lives. Um, I don't know if you remember, uh, maybe maybe he never said this in class that you were in. Maybe you didn't have a class with him. Dan Winkler, mm-hmm. um, he uh, he said he stopped praying for wisdom <laughs> because God was putting him in situations in which he was gaining wisdom uh, mm-hmm. that were difficult, different trials and, yeah. and different things like that. But anyway, I, I agree with you there. Proverbs three thirty five, um, the ESV says the wise will inherit honor, but fools will get disgrace. Those who hold up fools, fools. Um, again, there's no value, there's no life, there's nothing that comes from it. Um, and so we have to think critically. We have to think critically about what direction we are moving in. Right. Absolutely. Well, Zach, thank you for uh, the conversation today, man. Uh, this has been good. Um, you know, I enjoy I enjoy Proverbs a lot. I think it's probably. It's probably my favorite book in the Old Testament by far, uh, but it's definitely up there in the New Testament. I just like to be able to sit there and read it because my little, my brain can ping pong around and then come right back and I'm still, I didn't miss anything. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I like Proverbs. Every time I read it, I learn something new. So I appreciate the conversation today, man. Yeah, it's, I think it's one thing to say, um, you know, kind of go through the book of Proverbs yourself and kind of read through and you get all these unrelated things. It seems like I think they are related in, in some ways, but they, you, they get these unrelated things, and it's just kind of like this is so much to take in. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's something else to be able to have a conversation and talk about. It. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, I'm gonna let you close this in prayer, and uh, thank you for joining us today. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this blessing that we've had to to consider your word and consider wisdom. Uh, I ask, dear Lord, that you help us to all, uh, our listeners and ourselves, uh, to pursue wisdom, uh, to look after Jesus, to keep him in the forefront of our minds and all that we do. Uh, We thank you for his sacrifice. Uh, We pray for this work that we're doing, and I ask, dear Lord, that that you'll bless it and you'll bless all of our listeners. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for watching.